And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Hey, it's Andy. We got a big show for you today. Casey Smith from the Unnecessary Roughness podcast joins. She threw me to the wolves, basically. They nice enough to put me in the college football personalities bracket, but matched me up against Chris Fowler in the first round, and I got destroyed. So she's going to explain how I wound up with one of the toughest matchups in the first round. We're also going to talk some house hunting. Ari's on the show. Lincoln Riley's new spread out in California hit the hit the news on Thursday, and uh, we take a little tour through the Zillow ad. And Casey and Ari mix it up talking about Texas A&M. How mad Casey's alma mater got at Ari for saying that the Aggies shouldn't be in the playoff in 2020. How happy. Casey's alma mater was with Ari when he was talking about how great the recruiting class is. And then also, we get back into the Lincoln Riley thing because obviously Casey is a person who grew up around Texas A&M, very familiar with the Oklahoma fan base, very familiar with the Texas fan base, the groups going to the SEC. And that Oklahoma fan base, listen, they got dumped. And anytime we bring up Lincoln Riley, we, we know what's going to happen. We And Ari talking about how great Lincoln Riley's house is. He's just going to get hammered. By the Oklahoma fans. Well, we explain how Oklahoma fans can truly get over the Lincoln-Riley breakup. It's all on today's show. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. It's a house hunting edition today. We got a special guest with us, Casey Smith. Casey... I met you, you were working for Texags, right? Uh, covering uh, covering your alma mater, Texas A&M? Yeah, that was a long time ago. That was when Johnny was still on the team. So that was, I mean, what, 10 years ago now? That's insane. Uh, let's not talk about that. Let's not. Okay, let's yeah, not no, I mean, that, let's not age ourselves. Through. But yes, you met me You met me at Texags, and obviously we crossed over a little bit when I was at ESPN, and here we are now. So we wanted to have you on, Casey, because you guys on, on Unnecessary Roughness put me in the Casey Smith bracket of your college football voices and you matched me against Chris Fowler in the first round, and I got destroyed. I had nothing to do with the seeding. So the podcast that we dropped last night, I seeded the biggest villains of college football, not criminals, villains, but I seeded that yeah. one. Last week, Brandon and Jack Max seeded it. So I, so okay. every week, somebody's not going to know the seeding. So then that way, it's kind of like an element of surprise. So I will tell you, I'm going to put every single ounce of blame on Brandon Walker. And I, I do not care at all. Like I, he, he's the one to blame. And if you listen to the podcast, when I, when we talked about that, I was like, I've got to go with Andy. And they were like, I mean, I know he's your friend, yes. but like. But it's Chris Fowler. Chris Fowler. <laughs> well, we talk about like on this show, we do head coach Royal Rumble. Like we just had Luke Fickle on and he's like, I'm just going to tag team with Rabel and we're going to destroy everybody. Uh, if, if we do single combat, like Fowler's the one guy who just would mess me up. Like he is low key jacked. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I will tell you that I would not have seated you against him. Like I, like I said, I, I seated the one for yesterday that came out today. And I, I was very strategic with where I put certain people. Like I made sure like Johnny Manziel ended up against Baker Mayfield, like those type of yes. things. So, so this is the beef that, I mean, you got to take this up with Brandon. Like he, he's the one who, who seat, but I will say, I think Ari is right because they left a lot of people off the list that I probably would have added onto it because we only did two regions. We only did 32 people. And if you think about people uh, in college football, if you're on, if you're on Brandon Walker's top 32, like, and you made the bracket, that's pretty good. Casey, that's you have, right. well, you have a direct line into two of my life goals. One is, is to make the bracket one day. Okay. And I know that I'm a younger younger sports writer at the athletic and I'm trying to be like Andy one day, but that's one goal. Yes. And the other goal is to spend at least one night in the gambling cave. So I do have, I you do have, have you have to, re- so like basically by the end of this podcast, my goal is to make sure that we're best friends. Okay. I like that. So I feel like we can, we can work something out. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I, I will say that we won't probably do that bracket again until next March. Um, I'll wait. because, obviously, but you have a year, the gambling cave thing might be a little bit easier just because we're in there all the time. So we'll figure it out. Yeah. Ari, by the way, is doing, is doing three game money line parlays for college basketball tournament season. Casey just came from the gambling cave. Our alma maters, as we record this just finished playing. And Mm -hmm. so I covered the, the infamous Northern Iowa, Texas A&M NCAA tournament game in OKC where Northern Iowa, I want to say blew a, I'm trying to remember how exactly, I think they blew a 14 point lead in the final, like 49 seconds. Basically I'm on press row screaming, please just throw the ball to the other end of the court and out of bounds and stop giving it back to Texas A&M. But so this, this happened in reverse where Texas A&M blows a big lead against Florida. The game goes to overtime, but A&M wins on a, on a last second three. So Casey, you're victorious. You've rubbed it. Did you get to rub it in Dan Katz's face? Oh, I rubbed it in all of their faces. I was the only one in there, the only girl in there, the only Aggie in there, and I got to rub it in. And that that's such a good feeling with these guys because, you know, they, they do it to me all the time. So I got to do it. And, and they always make fun of AM too. So anytime that AM not only wins something, but also takes their money, I'm happy. Let me guess. Every time a yellow leader popped up on the screen, there was a comment about all male cheerleaders, right? Andy, it will never cease to amaze me that they cannot grasp what a yell leader is. I've been at Barstool for over four years and I still get made fun of it. The Aggie rings, I still get made fun of. And I've just accepted it at this point. I'm like, you guys just don't understand it. I don't care. You know, I fight with Dave all the time about College Station. Like, we're not going to go there this year because gambling's not legal. But he's like, why would I ever want to go there? I'm like, you would actually have a good time. But it's, it's, a, it's a losing battle for me. I've just it's- given up trying. It's really funny because I feel like the last two years I've been public enemy number one in Texas A&Mville because I was the they probably shouldn't make the playoff two years ago. And then yeah, yeah. everybody hated me like Johnny was <laughs> tweeting at me. Uh, that was funny. It was it was like the it, it, and this year I was like the front of the Texas A&M cheering parade of how awesome the recruiting class was. And I, I tell Andy this all the time, but my fiance went to A&M. So we, oh. I am, I have a lot of A&M people here. And like one of the people I met is a huge Aggie and like literally didn't want to hang out with us anymore because I thought that Texas A&M shouldn't make the, pl- like, so I'm learning. And now he likes me again because I was all in on, if you think that they're cheating and recruiting, you're a loser bandwagon. So I'm learning a lot about Aggies and I'm going to college station uh, a little bit more than I've ever been before. And I, and I you know, it's, it's different 
from from most places. And I feel like it's yeah. one of those things where if you're not there and you don't have people in your life that understand it, then you can't understand it. And I'm trying my best to kind of become an Aggie because that's kind of like all of our friends from her side of the relationship are all Aggies. Yeah. Ari, I will tell you that like when I was still living in Texas, like I didn't really realize how, and I say this with all due respect and all love in my heart because I love AM, but how weird we really are until I moved <laughs> to the East coast and it's I odd. try to explain it to people. And I was like, wait a minute, like my, cause my dad went to AM. I grew up in Aggie. I was, you know, going to Kyle field in the womb. So like there was no option for me. And I didn't really realize it. And so now I went back pretty recently for one of my best friend's weddings who was getting married in College Station. And I was like, oh, okay. I kind of get why people think we're weird. Like, cause I hadn't been back in so many years. And so I, it's like yeah. one of those, you know, you it's, it, it is, this is a thing. It's a negative connotation, but it's also true. Like we're a cult. That's the facts. Like yeah. anybody that says that's we're not say. like, that's, it's just a fact. Like, but, but it, at least I mean, you're I not a it. weird I, cult. You're like a cult yeah, of, that's of happy, passionate people. It just yes, Texas I, fans it, here always say that they're a cult. I'm like, well, they they kind of are, but at least they're not promoting terrible things like most cults do. They love their football program, right. and that's what we live off of here. So right. I like want to apologize. I mean, I'm I'm just like who I am. I can't if I believe something, I'm gonna say it. And I believe believe something negative about Texas A&M two years ago. I believe something super positive about them now. I would buy stock in their program and where they're headed. But I just like didn't realize how personally offended some people get because like I oh, covered right. Ohio state Wait. for 10 years and I know what crazy looks like. And I moved here to Texas and I've been here for 18 oh. months now. And I'm like, Holy crap. Like I thought I knew what big time college football craziness looks like. And then I'm in Dallas now where I have this intersection between Texas Longhorn fans, A&M fans and Oklahoma fans and watching these people battle every day. It's kind of been a really eye opening experience for me. I mean, yeah, I went to AM. I'm like one of the the biggest, you know, voices like nationally. And I wouldn't say like I'm, you know, because obviously we're not like like we're we're barstool, we're different, whatever. But like I love AM. And you if I say Casey Smith bracket, eyeballs are eyeballs. Yeah, right. They go after me. Like whenever AM uh or whenever Texas and Oklahoma made like they made the and I think Andy and I, you were you and I were texting about it when Texas and Oklahoma were going or made a decision to go to the SEC and they made that announcement. Like I was like, all right, bring it on. Like I feel like AM's in a better spot than Texas right now. Yeah. Aggie fans were pissed at me. They were slandering me. And I was like, so if you'll slander your own, you'll slander anybody. Well, what happened to me was yeah. that Billy Lucci quote tweeted me one night. Oh yeah, that'll and do that it. Was, Billy, that was that'll the, do it. That was the avalanche. I, I've been on the end of a a few avalanches. Tennessee Vol Nation avalanches are pretty tough. Vol Twitter's bad, man. The Texas <laughs> Vol Twitter was really bad because I wrote that column about Greg Schiano four years ago. Yeah. Uh, that and that was a much more touchy, serious subject. So, like, I don't know if we should make a lot of jokes about that. But the other thing, <laughs> like the the Billy Lucci night of the national title game two years ago, avalanche was like I was in Cabo with my fiance. And we were having the best weekend of my life and my phone kept buzzing and I was like freaking out and I'm arguing with Billy Lucci about God knows what. And she goes, can we just like enjoy the last night of our vacation, please? And I was yeah, like, no. 9,000 notifications. You got to stay on Billy's good side because when Billy disagrees with me, he'll quote tweet me, but then he'll say, don't kill Andy for this, but he's wrong. <laughs> and then it just, it, you know, it, it isn't as bad. But it's funny that you talk about the cultural fit, and the cult thing. Because I remember going to AM games in 2011 when it was clear they were headed to the SEC. And I like I, the AM Oklahoma State game I went to. I think I covered one or two other games that year. And I remember all the other Big 12 
fan base people, when I would interact with them, they'd be like, man, those people are crazy. I'm like, I don't think y'all understand. They're going to fit right in. Like Mm -hmm. I went to an SEC school. My mom went to Alabama. I have friends from LSU, Auburn, Tennessee, like they're perfect for the SEC. And and I'll say this now and Casey, you, you can, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this, having grown up around these people. I know, I don't think Texas and Oklahoma are as a, as good of a cultural fit as they think they're going to be. Like they're very wine and cheese fan bases compared to like A&M, LSU, Auburn, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida. I would agree with that. And that's not, you know, every time I say this, it's always like, oh, it's just because you don't like Texas. Like, I mean, I, I do, I mean, our, like you said, like I say what I think. And if it's anti-A&M, it's anti-A&M. I don't think Texas understands not only like cultural wise, how different it is. Cause I've gone to games in Austin and it is a wine and cheese crowd. And I mean, the stadium's full, but it's very quiet. And then they think that they're going to come in and like run the sec or at least, you know, beat A&M because they did, you know, 10 years ago, I would say that out of the two, I think Oklahoma would fit much better. It's kind of like, you know, with A&M and Missouri, I think A&M fit much better than Missouri did. Um, I think Oklahoma is a much better fit, but still, I mean, when you look at, you know, most of the fan bases outside of, you know, Vanderbilt, Missouri, it's like, you know, that you have to be crazy. I think, and we, what we've seen from Oklahoma fans, you know, as of late, they're pretty <laughs> crazy. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct TV satellite free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get direct TV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream direct TV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream direct TV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECT-TV. Terms or restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Right now, it's time to go house shopping. Let me just warm up here. Let me just warm up here. I knew what I was doing, Andy. I knew what I was doing. I knew that was perfect. Lincoln Riley has has settled on a home on the West Coast. And we're going to take a look at it now. If you're watching the YouTube version of this, you are looking at photos of Lincoln Riley's new spread. Uh, This sucker was $17 million. It is a 13,000 square foot house on three acres. It has 15 bathrooms. It has a view of the ocean. It is, uh, let's see, 10 bedrooms, yeah. I believe. That picture is the uh, wrong it, view. Oh, I, there's many other views. Just wait. Uh, Here we I, go. I'm going through all these views now. Uh, you know, when I'm on Zillow, I don't know about you guys. All I care about is the kitchen. So, of course, <laughs> I've, I've got a picture of the kitchen in here, too. Uh, let's just get to it's that. It's House Hunters Edition. There it is. Uh, there's that kitchen. Double island. Stunning. That is amazing. So, yeah. So he is he is settled on this. I, I guess if you got to go live back. somewhere. Can you go back? It's, what do we need to look at? What are we looking at? What are we, what are we doing here? This is the drawing room. <laughs> what, is that the draw? That's the art studio. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't you have an art studio overlooking the ocean, Ari? Yeah. Yeah. God. I I, uh, I bought a few dream. shares of Amazon today, and I felt pretty good about that. <laughs> um, you know, 
I, I mean, when Andy sent me the link, the Zillow link, and I saw 15 bathrooms, I was just like, listen, like, I understand, you know, I mean, you're in LA and like these celebrities, they can do whatever they want. I mean, Lincoln Riley's college football coach. I mean, he's not a Kardashian. What the hell do you need 15 bathrooms for? It's like, so I mean, funny. Like, you'll never even go in. Like, I, I feel like there's going to be like seven that no one ever goes in. Like how, why, why is the ratio of bedroom to bathroom more bathrooms? You might, you might not go into them. I live in a house that is 3,600 square feet, which is a pretty big house. And it has uh, three showers and five bathrooms. The first week I lived here, I showered in every shower and <laughs> I go to the bathroom in all the bathrooms because it's just like, why wouldn't you? Yeah, you know, for it. You yeah, and it's well. just like, why? This it's is, like, you know, and, and then also it's easier to keep clean. Strong, steady mobbing, yes. long hallways. I got 10 bathrooms. I could poop all day, except mm -hmm. he's got Lincoln Riley's got 15 bathrooms. <laughs> it's better for sanitary reasons, too. If you use five bathrooms, one fifth as much, then your bathrooms are always clean. It's I would shower in every one of those showers, especially because I know for sure that one of those showers has an ocean view and there's nothing more elite on the face of the earth than taking an outdoor shower, looking oh, at the no. ocean while drinking a beer. So oh, like, the, yes. so like, I don't, I, I, what did people think he was going to buy there? If you are one of the people, if you are one of the people who gave me shit on Twitter, when I said I would rather live in LA than Norman, Oklahoma, look at these pictures and then go look in the mirror and just like send me an email. Say, Hey bud, I'm sorry. Like what, like what I, here's the thing that I do. And I feel like I am the only, like sometimes like five times a day, I like look around and I feel like, am I the only one seeing this shit? Like that, that's how I feel. <laughs> like if you are seeing this for the love of God, there is no, it's, it's not even an argument. Just, just, accept it and if you want to live in norman because you're from there and your family's from there and you have an emotional tie there i understand that this is not you, a discussion you, you, you or just, a debate are you do not understand people's connection to their little slice of heaven one and two people who will never ever reach that level that financial level don't want anybody else to either right oh i i I don't like when people use, and I tweeted this because everyone's like, can you imagine the property tax on that? And it's like the dude paid $17 million for if his house. If you can house, afford the house, you've already considered the property tax. And I just, it blows my mind because people take middle-class average regular incomes and apply that thought process. People who use personal financial realization for middle-class families and apply them to how people with endless amounts of money think it makes my head explode. So it's, I mean, you know, it's, it's insane. And it's just like, just like on paper, LA is a nicer place to live than Norman, Oklahoma. And I mean, as somebody who went, I mean, I grew up in Dallas. So, I mean, I grew up in a big city, but you know, college station versus New York city. Like for me, I would much rather live in New York city, but I will tell you, Ari, when I go back to college station, I still have friends that are like, you know, why in the world would you live in New York City? You could, you know how much money you could save if you lived in College Station. Like, I don't want to live in College Station. I want to live in New York City. So there is a like, correlation between how much money it costs to live places and the desirability of the location. Right, correct. And so, like, but the thing with Oklahoma fans right now is that they are. I can't figure out what they think that they're doing, being such a bitter ex with Lincoln Riley, because they just look embarrassing. And we've dealt with it on unnecessary roughness. Because Oklahoma fans came after us too. It's like just let it go, dude. Like you, had, you, you still have a good situation going on in Norman. Like yes, and like when Lincoln Riley came out and trolled them and said, "Hey, I didn't take Caleb Williams 
uh, with me. I, I took him from the transfer portal. I love shit like that. Like I love when they start trolling because it just makes Oklahoma fans so mad. And it's like, you got to let it go. Like, this is what happens. Lincoln Riley's not only moving to a much better place in the country, he has an opportunity to resurrect a program that like makes college football national again versus just, you know, the, the South and the, you know, up North. Like if he resurrects USC, he's a God forever. I'll say the other thing. If he goes to USC and their team sucks and they don't make the playoff once in the next five years and I owe Andy a grand, that's his house. Yes. That's like, still his it's, house. It's, he won. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, and also, somebody tweeted at Andy and I and said, what a waste of money. And it's like, what are you investing in? <laughs> like, well, t- tell me, this house is going to be worth $35 million in 10 yeah, years. I, that's the thing. It ain't going to go down. My, my other favorite was, what do you do with a 600-bottle wine cellar? I'm like, you put 600 bottles, bottles of wine in it. You just a $17 million house. And you get somebody who works there to bring the wine to the pool while you look at the Pacific Ocean. What are we right. doing? What? No, like with the steam room, the sauna. Like, are you kidding me? Like, if I even if he gets fired, I would just go into the steam room. Like, all right, fine. Like, whatever. I'll just sit in the steam room and sweat this one out. Like, I, I would actually want to get fired. Yeah, well, I mean, the and then the buy, you know, the buyout with it. No, it's yeah. it's absolutely. Also, didn't insane. USC give him a housing stipend that he probably spent all his money on in this house anyway, which goes directly into his pocket as an asset? Right. Like it's it, and listen, it's, he was making a ton of money at Oklahoma, and he financially he was going to be set for life regardless. But right. this is the type of property that every single person, whether you're a hedge fund manager or a college football coach or a dumb sports writer who works at the Athletic, would aspire to acquire one day. No and question. he's able to do that with one simple career change. And I get and, it. And I understand if you're an Oklahoma fan and you're you're bitter about what happened or you're bitter that Caleb Williams is going to USC or you hate that he turned his back on your program. I get it. I had a girl that I really liked in college cheat on me. It happens. <laughs> you know, like it's awful when it happens and you feel bad for it. But I don't like sit here and pretend like that, like their future is like dumb. Like it's well, just no, like especially- accept it. Especially if you get a new girlfriend right afterwards and you're still crying about your ex. Like, it's not like yeah. Oklahoma's without a coach. And like, I met the girl of my dreams after. Yeah, now, like, that's and, what I'm saying. It's like, imagine. Out, Venables may be the girl of your dream. Brent Venables right. is Brit. Yeah, I mean, Brit, exactly. Brit it's like, you know, it's Brit not Venables. like you're, it's not, and he's one of the best coordinators in the country and has been for a long time. So it's like, not like you got some like no name guy that you, and even if you did, you still should just let it go. But the thing, you know, I mean, first of all, you're totally right. Like everyone wants a house like that. Like, I mean, even just the oceanfront property, but it's like, if he gets fired in Norman versus if he gets fired in LA, it's a no brainer. If he succeeds at Oklahoma, great. If he succeeds at USC and resurrects that program, even better. It's like, who, who can blame him? And I also like, I don't need all that. I'm curious. I I, want to ask you this because of where you live now. Uh, because this is this is just more of a personal preference thing. If we're talking about dream houses, you know, places we want to live. So, you know, three, you know, five thousand square foot penthouse, Central Park West, or Lincoln Riley's pad. I think they're probably similar prices. Yeah. I, so the thing is, it's like I just I love the ocean, so I would I would want to go with the ocean type of thing. But I would rather see. So that's the thing. It's like I, I'd rather live in Manhattan than LA. I like Manhattan as a culture better, 
But I mean, a house like that, you can't turn down. Like if I'm swimming in a pool and I can just stare at the ocean and if I could have a steam room, like, I mean, a penthouse can have a lot of really cool things. It's not having a pool that's going up to the ocean. So also, I Andy, have- I think that you're, you're short selling the amount of money that it costs to get a Like, I think that it would be twice as much to get a penthouse in Manhattan than it would to buy that. House. Oh, the, the, well, I haven't, like the top, I haven't played the Zillow game in Manhattan. The Zillow game so, in yeah, Manhattan you- is like 50 million for a 7,000 square foot pad. Yeah, like a, it, it oh, is. Okay. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. Like, I mean, my, so you know, I, I own a house in College Station. Yeah. And I rent it out, but like my mortgage is like one fourth of what I pay to live in Manhattan. I mean, it's insane, but you know, that's what you do. And you know, the, the price or the cost of living is different and that's fine. But for like Lincoln Riley's house is what everybody wants. I mean, that's, you know, unless you're, again, unless you're super, super famous and you can have like, you know, a a Leonardo DiCaprio type house, then fine. But Lincoln Riley's house, any, any single rational person would take that. And it's the only time that I will accept I would rather live somewhere else is if you have that house with another body of water you're looking at. So, like, if you'd rather live in Greece or Miami or another place that has a similar setup, then, okay, fine. You like Miami better than L.A. But, like, I live in Dallas. I lived in Columbus, Ohio for 10 years. I grew up in Scottsdale. I've lived in in multiple places. To sit here and pretend like that isn't the epitome of existence is just lunacy. So, yeah, like, my dream house is is not – there my dream house though is in Grayton beach florida and it's probably you know less than half that size it's it, i can does it's probably a third that size uh but it's on a lake and you can see the ocean or see the the gulf of mexico and you can walk to the gulf of mexico in about 45 seconds so you have lakefront and the gulf of mexico right there but it's 5.6 million dollars it's not like my dream is cheap yeah. yeah. No, I mean, like I said, any normal, rational human, like I'm talking about everyday regular person, not celebrities, would take that house in a second. Even the one that you just said, like the fact that this, it really does go back to like these Oklahoma fans are just looking for anything to complain about, anything to try to pick his argument apart. And it's like, you know what? Like if, if Jimbo Fisher was, you know, if he decided that he wanted to move and go to L.A., like, you know what? All right. who I, I can't. And plus, he's allowed to do that. That's what's yeah. weird about the Oklahoma plus, thing. It's like the they, job is easier. Right. Like, I, I don't understand, you know, the I guess there was the argument that maybe he was scared of going to the SEC. And it's like, well, all right. Like, he still made the decision to go, which he's allowed to do. And he's allowed to take Caleb Williams out of the transfer portal. Like, that's just how this job works. Also, I would be scared to go to the SEC, too. I don't know. It's not who cares. Like, it's just like, would you rather do your job, Casey, and make uh, the same amount of money? Or would you rather do a similar job that's nine times harder for the same amount of money? It's like you probably want to do the easier job. Correct. So what's wrong with that? a place where there's way less pressure because it, you know, with LA, we know that with sports, like it's a very, we saw it with the Super Bowl. It's like, you know, they, they care. I mean, I understand there's a lot of USC fans that are going to listen to be like, Oh, that's not true. Like, yes, there are passionate USC fans, but as a whole, you have way less pressure in the PAC 12 at USC than you do at Oklahoma in the big 12 or the SEC. That's just a fact. And if just you don't agree with that, you're not watching college football. And you guys have been to uh, vacations before at like, resorts i'm assuming all right yes. you know what you know when you walk downstairs and it's like cold in other parts of the country and you're in the lobby you're wearing your flip-flops and you got your you know button down uh that's always open because i'm a big tarp off guy when i'm on vacation yes. um He's and then you have that third <laughs> yeah yeah i had to put a shirt on for this show uh <laughs> and you have that third beer or that second drink and you finally hit that right that perfect like buzz 
and you are in the pool and you look out onto the ocean, there's no more tranquil feeling on the face of the earth. And like, that is his life. Yes. That is his life. No matter if he's coaching, if he's coaching football or not. We like save up what, Marriott points so we can use these to go to well, these. That's, va- his, that's his family's life. His life is whatever the view from the office is because he's or like, whatever the nine million dollar condo he has closer to the <laughs> office. <laughs> right. right, right, exactly. Yeah, we, we all we all look at it like, oh, you know, we'd live there, but he doesn't get to live there as much. But his family's going to really love it. But I'm I'm with you. No, the and and the making fun of people who are in the cold. I do it all the time. I mean, I choose to live somewhere warm so that I don't have to be cold. I don't want to have Dave Ubbin on this podcast at some point because he he will argue to the death that he would rather live in Columbus, Ohio than Scottsdale, Arizona. So here's it, the thing. It makes is, me angry. Well, I'm gonna I might make you angry right here. Here's the oh, thing. God. I might make you angry. And as oh, someone who grew up go. in Texas, I unless I am by a body of water, unless my house is looking at a lake or I have a really big pool or I'm on the ocean, I would much rather live in a cold area than a hot area. Interesting. Much See, I, I but if you live in Scottsdale, you'd have a pole. Right. I mean, yes. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it depends on where you are. But like, so for me, like, I mean, and I live in Manhattan, so we're walking all the time. Like, it's I don't even have a car up here. I haven't driven a car in years. So like, I would much rather bundle up when it's snowing to walk to work than when it's, you know, in the middle of the summer and it's 85 degrees, but you're in the middle of a concrete jungle and you're sweating your ass off. Like, I don't want to do yeah. that. But so that's like, the thing about the heat discussion, though, because I in Texas and in Houston, especially, and I'm sure college station, I would argue that the summers here are far more miserable than they are in Phoenix. Oh, like they are so awful wet. here and you're yeah, wet you, all the time. And it's like, here's the thing too. So when I first met my fiance, I lived in Ohio. She lived in Dallas and I drove all the time. Cause I like road trips from Columbus to Dallas. I took several trips like through St. Louis, through Memphis, like all there is no distinguishing difference from a topography standpoint in all of the cities in middle America. So if I dropped you into suburbia in Plano, Texas, and then I blindfolded you and dropped you into suburbia in Memphis or Nashville or Columbus or Cleveland, and I just dropped you in front of the random Jimmy John's that's there. And then you've got a Walmart, <laughs> you've got a Jimmy John's, you've got a Chipotle, you know, it's the same places at all. You wouldn't even what know is, where you what are. What is our chicken tender restaurant though? That's, that's yeah. the real question. It's is there a yeah. But you know what I mean? You, you would you wouldn't even here. know where you are. So if you can't distinguish where you are from like a geographical view standpoint, then there's no distinguishing difference of where you live based on just that. So like at least right. with Scottsdale, there's mountains and desert and cactus you, you and just sunsets ex- you and just pools. explain the entire appeal of Dashboard Confessional and all of those emo <laughs> bands, by the yeah. way. Because they all yeah. sprung from that same suburbia, no matter where it was in the country. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are. It's the same. No. I was in... I was in suburbia in, in Oklahoma City, and I've been in suburbia in Buffalo, New York. It's the same thing. And it might be greener some places, but for the most part, it's pretty green. Like I, I when I moved to Dallas, you grew up here, Casey? Yes. I was surprised that when you drive through Highland Park, how much it just looks like suburban Chicago. Yeah. It's like there's no difference. It's flat. No. It's green. There are oak trees and there are big old and ha- old houses that were built in the 40s that people live in. And it's the same exact thing that you will find in upper middle class neighborhoods in, in other states like Illinois. So like to me, it's like Highland it's, Park is upper, upper area. Let's let's be. be yeah, I, I know. I know. I drive through it every single day. I, I know what it, and, and I was I was stunned by how much money is in Dallas when I moved here. Oh, and then so I much. and then I realized, you know, the oil thing, you know, I get it. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, and I was like, I know if you want to live in a, but like I got into this argument with Brit 
she's i was like somebody bought a 17 million dollar house in highland park and i was like if you're gonna spend because you know that in highland park these houses are anywhere anywhere between nine and and 25 million dollars i said you got to be some sort of psychopath to pay 25 million dollars for a house in dallas when you could buy it anywhere in the country but the fact of the matter is and she says this all the time is that if you can pay $25 million for your house, you probably can pay 25 more for somewhere else. So, you know, I get that. But it, it, I uh, I don't know. And I understand the Lincoln-Riley hate. Like, I do. If you're an Oklahoma fan, hate him. Hate him with like, all hate of him, But, like, shut up. Like, yeah. it's like, hate, like, hate him for sure. But I feel yeah. like at this point, Oklahoma fans will be rooting for USC to lose more than Oklahoma to win next year. Yeah, That's the way probably. It, at least from a Twitter L- living- standpoint. But Schadenfreude well is, is, is a huge part of college football, so I understand that. Living well is the best revenge in this case. It's, it's just like any any other time you get dumped. We've all been dumped. We Sad. all know how that feels. It sucks. And you just want the other person. Like, I remember I, I got dumped in college by a girl. We, we dated for like two years. I'm sorry, man. I just wanted her <laughs> to right. not be successful in mm-hmm. any field of endeavor, which was not going to happen. Like <laughs> she was on her way to a PhD. She was gorgeous. Like she was going to live a nice life without me. So I needed to accept that I needed to live my best life. Cause that was the mm-hmm. only way that I could win. And, and by she the listens way, to this podcast now, she definitely does not. I don't think she's a big football fan, but <laughs> I will say, I know this. She married a doctor and everything, but I still won. Yeah, no, oh, My Andy's wife the best feeling in the way world. Way awesome. Way more awesome than she was. I think that it's probably different for me because like I'm I'm not married. And so it's like my I've had exes who broke up with me, especially like you know, college or like right after college, um, try to hit me up once I started working at Barstool and try to be like, Oh, hey, how's it going? And it's like no, like you, like you just want to talk to me now because you want to meet Dave Portnoy. And like you broke my heart back then, and don't I didn't forget it, dude. So it's like it is, nice. it is the good feeling of like I won. It took me a long time to get over it, but I won. Yeah, you know it's so funny too. Like, and I was having this discussion, but all the things that we used to think were so important when we were eighteen and nineteen and twenty, like passing classes and doing good on tests. Yeah. And my girlfriend broke my heart and I I don't have a date for the prom or whatever, whatever you're pro- it's just like now when you're like 30 and you're, you're making a good living and you're having fun. And it's just like, none of that stuff matters. And no. you know, it's all part of experience too. Like you learn to, to, to progress through things. And, you know, I was pretty heartbroken back in the day, you know? And, you know, if you would have showed me a video of, Hey, here's where you're going to be in 10 years. I'd be like, okay, where's the party tonight? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> matter uh, at all. So, you know, Oklahoma fans can hate, and, you know, they should. I think they should. But also at the same time, you know, enjoy your new coach and be as bought in to that as well. Yeah. I also I just, think I mean, again, nobody on Twitter is rational. Better year. Yeah. But also like and, and they're not the better thing, off long term, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I do they're feel not. like Oklahoma fans. We, they, I think that they're looking ahead too much. Like, I think that they're like they're going to have a better year this year. But, like, I think Oklahoma fans just are, like, seeing – they're just seeing red right now. That's all they can see. And, like, they don't see, you know, that in a couple of years they're going to go to the SEC and that it's going to be better. But it's, like, they're not looking ahead enough. But also, like, I, you know, I say Oklahoma fans shut up. You know, I don't know if you guys have ever gotten into it with, like, FSU Twitter. They're crazy people. Like, they're insane people. It's, like, that's what makes college football so fun. It's, like, when you do have these, like, crazy, rabid fan bases, 
especially on social media, like when, you know, and, and Dion works with us at Barstool Sports, Dion Sanders, like when he took that recruit from Florida State and Florida State fans were like burning his jersey and had all the Twitter spaces, it's like, it's insane behavior. It is insane behavior, but it makes sense because college football is that crazy. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Going back to the A&M thing, people call them crazy and it's like, that's the best thing that a fan base can be called, I think. like It's, oh, a, it's sure. a compliment. If you're a fan, I, I went to Arizona and I used to go to some of the games uh on Saturday and the stadium would be loud and stuff. And it's just like, that was my first experience when college football. And I used to think like this place rocks. And like, now I look back at it and go, this is the worst environment in the history of college football. (laughs) And like, this is the thing that was supposed to indoctrinate me into learning how to cover the sport. And it's just like, I would much rather be a part of the A&M alumni pool when it comes to being a college football fan than U of A or any of the other 80 colleges. Right. We went to for the Barstool College Football Show, you know, now because we're a gambling company, we only go to states where the Barstool Sportsbook app is live. So Tennessee, we are live. So for this for we got to do a live show uh, at Tennessee this year and we got to, you know, stand on the sidelines and, you know, do the whole thing and watching Dave's face who had never you know stood on the sidelines of an SEC game and like and I mean granted he went to Michigan so obviously Michigan's insane too but just like the pageantry of it like it's not no it's it's it's, he I mean he literally was just you know in awe and Brandon Walker and I had been you know multiple games in Knoxville so it wasn't like it was but it's still it's just like when you really look at the difference I mean it's it's just not comparable it's just really not comparable although I do love going to Big Ten games I will say that um, I love Madison, Wisconsin. Like I think Camp Randall and like the jump around and like we did a live show there a couple of years ago. It's definitely been my favorite, but like there's just nothing like the SEC fandom and people that aren't SEC fans can't really grasp that until they go to an SEC stadium. But here's, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Bill or I'm going with uh, Andy to my first SEC experience in the fall, I think. But here's the difference. And then I'll let Andy say what he's going to say, because I covered the Big Ten for 10 years. In those stadiums, like in my opinion, Penn State's whiteout is the best environment that I've ever been in. It's incredible. But the thing that's different about Big Ten fanhood and SEC fanhood is that SEC fanhood, from what I understand in this business now, is craziness all the time. Mm-hmm. In the Big Ten, like they have good Saturdays and they are bought in and, you know, Ohio State message boards 24-7. They're responsible human beings the rest of the week. <laughs> but like 
in the SEC, it's like that is it. Like that is your thing. It's your thing in July. It's your thing in September. It's your thing in, in, in January. And like you are completely and utterly rabid about that thing at all times. And I don't know that people in Madison, Wisconsin are all that fired up about, about Badger football right now. The, so, the, Casey, the most Ari, oh, uh, so Ari hasn't been to an SEC game yet. Okay. In person. So it's embarrassing we're going to make that happen this week. We're going to, or this year, we're going to have Ari meets the sec. And I know we got to get you out of here. Cause you got to do your own show, but I want to run this by you. Okay. Do you think I should make Ari's first sec football game? A&M at Alabama and Tuscaloosa. That's a pretty good one. I was going to say, I mean, granted, you don't want to wait for the Iron Bowl, but like I always say this about, you know, I mean, obviously Ohio State, Michigan is, and I've been to those games in both Columbus and Ann Arbor. So I understand they hate each other. But my argument about Alabama Auburn being the best rivalry in the country is because they actually shoot each other over it. Like they kill each other over that rivalry. So like that game to me has the most passion. But AM and Tuscaloosa, I, I'm worried I mean, because, Auburn's going to be bad. That's the thing. That's By the true. time that game is, comes around, it might not be good. Alabama's going to Baton Rouge, right? They are, but I don't know how LSU is going to be that. But yes, an Alabama LSU game in Baton Rouge, I feel like is the pinnacle of, yes. of sports existence. I did go to the 2006 national title game about LSU and Ohio State in New Orleans, and that was the loudest stadium. It's not I've the same in. thing. I know it's not the same thing, but I just that, I thought that would be it was very loud, and it was in Louisiana. So you know, maybe that. I feel like A and M Alabama will be a really good game. Hopefully, but like right. I mean, going to Bryant Denny is always awesome. But like I feel like his first one should be like Kyle Field or Baton Rouge or even like Tennessee. I don't know. I guess it just depends on this what. Is, this is what I worry about, though. Do we start that high? Because once you've mm, gone that high. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. It, have you been to a whiteout no at Penn down. State, Casey? I have. And it's unbelievable. And like, Do I, you-, you know, and I get, again, A&M fans get mad at me. And I say, but I say this and SEC fans too, like, I love going to Big Ten games. I, I think that, you know, if I wasn't in him, granted, I grew up when AM was in the Big 12. So I know that I wasn't an SEC fan until um, my first year out of college. But like I, I've gone to, you know, Ohio State, I've gone to Michigan, I've gone to Penn State. And those games are awesome, too. It's just the fan bases. They there are crazy people, but as a whole, they're not near as crazy as they are down south. I just want to know if, if the best. So and I, I covered Ohio State, so I've been to every Big Ten stadium and every single time i went on the road i got to see the other stadiums best experience because they always Mm -hmm. get up for the ohio state game and the penn state ohio state games were always so insane and i'm very curious if when andy takes me to the sec and we see these these big time matchups if it's just going to be undeniably better than that because if it's undeniably better than that then i've never i can't even imagine what that would be like yeah, and it just, I mean, like Andy said, like, you know, AM and Alabama would be probably pretty good because as we look at it now, and we are sitting in March, you know, so we're always all hopeful, every fan base is like AM Alabama should be a hell of a game. So, yeah, like it would be insane for that too. Like, but you're right, Andy, you need to start him. Like, and, and don't get me wrong, like, Brian Denny is awesome. Here's one. How about, how about Florida, Tennessee, and Knoxville on September 24th? Tennessee might win that game. We don't know what Florida's going to be like. And they hate each other. Yeah. That's Tennessee could be Tennessee's three and zero going in. Right yeah, Tennessee could be three and zero going into that game if they, they got to beat Pitt at Pitt. That, that's not easy, but if Tennessee's three and zero going into that game, that place is going to be unhinged. Plus, I want to see Vol Navy. The Vol yeah, Navy is mean, fantastic. Yes, it, and I will say, I, I mean, obviously, at any time of day, but like, it should be a night game. You, I feel like you've got to give him a night game for his first experience. 
Yeah, the the 330 CBS game thing, you know, that, that's the problem. A lot of times if it's the best right. game of the week, it's it's in the middle of the afternoon. But, but you get both. But you do get both yeah. with the 330. You get, you know, you get the day game and then halftime rolls around and it starts to get a little bit dark and then it's dark by the end of the game. So maybe it is the 330. Andy, are we going to be going into the press box and being professional reporters when we go? Or are we going to tailgate and get hammered? Oh, I think we need to ha- get hammered. Okay. I don't so, think we need to be professional okay, yeah. I'm not going to go yeah. write a column about like Tennessee's uh, ascension in the SEC. You know what I mean? I want to go <laughs> and I, mean, I want to post the, 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 the experience the night. End of the night podcast where we break down all the action from the day is going to be ugly. We're going to slur yeah. now, but what I've learned though, like, and I've done unnecessary roughness a few times, pretty sauced up. Those are usually the ones that people love the most because I, you know, it's, I mean, in granted, you know, here at Barstool, we have zero filter. We can say whatever we want, whenever we want. Um, but the, the most fun ones have been when we've been on the road and we've been tailgating and then, you know, we get back to the hotel at like 1230 at night and we're just hammered and just let it fly. Like you don't want to do it every time because then it, it's not as fun, but every once in a while, you got to mix it up. I do think that, that would be our best show if you and I were just completely. Well, see, oh, yeah. this is how we're going to do this. Casey is I'm going to have, it's going to be a whole week. Like I'm going to have Ari fly into Gainesville he, he, you know, we'll, we'll be here for a night. I'll take him, you know, around to, you know, see, see Gainesville. And then we're going to a couple different SEC cities during the week. Like we'll, we'll hit Columbia and Athens on the way, or we'll hit, you know, um, we'll hit Starkville and Tuscaloosa on the way, but we, we will, we will have a road trip through the SEC. I love that. That's and amazing. as we're talking about like exes that hurt us, like my job is to go to Andy Staples house in Gainesville and get in a car and drive through the SEC eating meals with the person that knows where to go in every city oh. and then cap it off uh, with a drunken fiesta in Knoxville for a Florida game. And like, I'm going to be compensated for that. Yeah, no, that's, and I mean, Andy is by far the best guy to go for yeah. food. I mean, everybody knows that, but you're right. I mean, like I said this the other day, like I, I get paid to scream in a gambling cave with 20 dudes about sports like that is like you know and people give us you know shit all the time like oh like you're not working that hard it's like i'm sorry that's what i get paid to do like i don't know i don't know what to tell you you're living, the dream. You're living the dream we, we all we all made our yeah. choices back in college like <laughs> some people went the cpa route and some people went mm. this route but so if you, you know, just remember back in the easy. day yeah, it's not yeah. an easy thing to do you know i mean obviously like i'm in my early 30s you know i you know i struggled to get into it and i didn't get paid very much and i had to pay yeah. to work sometimes but I made it to Barstool, so you, sorry. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta live in the. I mean, my first job out of college in journalism, I made sixteen thousand dollars before tax yeah. in a year. No, so like you gotta, you have to have the the skin to to get through it. But when you get through it, it's great. So now I think think about myself uh, crying when I was twenty one years old because a girl broke my heart with a Domino's in front of me. Well, the Domino's was a good thing, uh, but <laughs> you know, you, you think about that now, and it's just like, okay, I'll, I'll come, I'll come out to Gainesville. I'll, I'll, I'm I'll a come little out. concerned that that. We're gonna be in Athens on a Tuesday night at a bar somewhere, and and you might be drunk dialing some of these people, Ari. <laughs> should I yeah. should I be worried? Yeah. Uh, and by the way, Athens, unbelievable. You've got to college town in America. And I have been to a lot of the towns. Like I've been to Baton Rouge, and I've been to to Tuscaloosa. So like I've been to these places. I just haven't but Athens, been there. I, I think yeah. I think Athens is the best college town in the country followed up by and again like i'm i am biased just because we had such a great experience but i think madison too like i mean i, I loved madison i thought Madison's it was great. great well that was on you know that was on a game weekend i don't know you know athens every single day is awesome i don't know what madison wisconsin is like you know in february yeah, that's that's, that's probably like, not great 
Athens bars on a on a random Tuesday night in in the fall, you're doing all right. It, yes, it, you're you're living right. So yes, it's it's going to be fun. Actually, uh, Casey, I'm glad I'm glad we did, got to discuss this with you because I wanted to run it by somebody else, and now I realize we probably just need to run it by the people. We need Ari, we just need to put a poll up, For and sure. we'll figure out which game will be your first game. I love that. It's always fun when you pull the people. I mean, other than when Andy lost to Chris Fowler, but yeah, well. You know, hey, I do? need to. I I know that I haven't done enough in the world of national college football media yet because I've only been in this job for eighteen months. But I hope you know you'll you'll follow the career a little bit. Maybe uh you know put some input in there and I'll come out. Are you guys cave are best and, friends now? You, are we are, did, yeah, are we best friends? Course. Okay, of course we're yes. You know you're you are much closer to getting in the gambling cave than you were when we started the podcast. Oh God. Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay. Well, it doesn't have to be uh, in a week, but you know, let's just keep the rapport, and then we'll see what I mean, happens. Yeah. yeah. And we had a great rapport. That's all that matters. You know? Also, it's just, it's- just so you guys know, too, the three, uh, uh, the three team uh, money line parlay here is looking real solid. All Kansas has to do is win this game outright, and Daddy's going to a steak dinner tonight. Love that. Was, there you go. Good red wine. A good red yeah. wine with it. You're, you're. Yeah. I mean, again, you're winning life right now. It's twenty-four to four, so we're good. Casey, I know we said we said we'd keep you 20 minutes. Uh, we <laughs> kept you the entire show. Sorry about that. And I know you got to record no, your show it. now. I'm, so. I'm sorry, I just kept talking. Oh no, by oh, all no. So, but but we're gonna we're gonna get your feedback again on this as we as we build Ari's intro to the SEC because that that is okay. going to be the best week of Ari's life. And and yes. remember, this will be in the same year that Ari became a dad and got married. We're still going to make it better than that. So. Oh yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's no question it's going to be better. Football, <laughs> obviously first before family. I mean, that's what the SEC is about. It's football, family, and then faith. I guess I don't know. Um, but no, I'd, I'd love to come on anytime you guys need me. Thank you, Casey. Appreciate Thank you. it. Thanks, guys. That's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. We had a blast, and next week is going to be even better. Monday morning, you're going to get your idiot's guide to the NCAA tournament because, listen, we have the best college basketball coverage in the world at The Athletic, and I hope you're reading it. But I also know that most of you are mainly college football fans and that you've watched some college basketball, but not a ton, and you know probably as little as Ari and I do. So we are going to give you the guide to the bracket from our perspective because our perspective is probably also your perspective. So we're talking brackets on Monday in a way that we probably shouldn't be. It's probably ill-informed. Ari's probably going to gamble on it. It's going to be fun, though. We'll talk to you then.